0: This is real Life Trinkies Football Manager, the kings of content creation. kings. <laughs> secret is safe with me. Those were the final words that left Joe Casey's lips as he had made his exit from the bar just 10 months ago. It wasn't the last he had heard from the American journalist but he had kept his word. For keeping quiet he had asked for information. Information on the corporation, information on Andre and information about the football club. He was about to carry out the latest request and record his post-season review. When thinking back, he laughed to himself as he remembered one story in particular. He had arranged for Casey to join Averinov on a European scouting mission. It sounded a lot more glamorous than it appeared, but he knew Andre's ego would get the better of him, and the chance to have five minutes of fame proved too tempting. He had taken Joe to the city of Pripyat in Ukraine to look at a striker. Alexander Porodko, the 22 year old hitman was building a name for himself and Iverinov was keen to see him in the flesh. The pair checked into their hotel and agreed to meet in reception 2 hours before kickoff. Surprisingly a car was waiting and the driver said they were to be taken to the game as guests of Pripyat FC. Andrei and Joe climbed into the back of the military style vehicle and off they went. The car windows were jet black glass and it drove for roughly 45 minutes before finally coming to a stop. As Andre climbed out of the back door, there in front of him on the pavement was his suitcase and alongside it sat Joe's bag. He looked up to see that they were back at the airport. Their lift pulled away and Andre noticed a letter attached to the case. It read, There is nothing to see here. Go home to Argentina and be safe. Ruslan. The pair, a little spooked by the fearsome Russian's antics, had done just that, and decided to put a pin in any interest of the striker. At least for now, anyway. Before starting, he poured himself a drink, then reaching into his desk drawer, he took out the dictaphone Joe Casey had given him. I am the manager of Black Crow Ushuaia, And my name is Achilles Goss. It all started in France a little over two years ago when I was accused, accused of things I can't even bring myself to talk about. The rumours came from nowhere and before I knew it I was being told that I was resigning and it was time to move on. A club I had given life to, given purpose to, had me shuffled out the back door and into the wilderness without so much of a thank you. I was hounded from my home in France and fled to Switzerland. Photographers everywhere. I thought I had nowhere to turn. Then, one night, the phone rang and a lifeline was offered. Before I knew it, I was reading my obituary in the newspaper and boarding a flight to the end of the world. I went from retirement to football manager very quickly, and before I knew it, we had completed a full season. It hadn't been a glorious return to football management, but looking back, that first season was probably the bedrock of everything we achieved this year. This is my review of the 2020-2021 Argentina Premier Division D campaign. Andrei Averinov, my director of football, had worked tirelessly in pre-season and brought in several new faces. We had spoken about the need for promotion sooner rather than later. The Premier D has just 13 teams and was a very short season. It was a hard sell to new arrivals, but he had done better than I thought and we went into the opening stage in good spirits. Our form throughout the first three months was second to none. We started well, and it just got better. One game in particular that showcased our domination was the 3 0 win against Claypool, a side we had struggled against the year previous, but now we looked head and shoulders above the Buenos Aires outfit. Our 4 4 1 1 was flourishing, and at times I felt like we would simply walk to promotion without breaking stride. We won the opening stage championship with three games to spare. And as we headed into the winter break we knew a similar performance in the closing stage would see us playing Primera C football next season. During the winter break I found Andre increasingly hard to get hold of. He had mentioned a new relationship he was involved in and it seemed his eye had been taken from the prize. As the weeks passed with no new arrivals it was clear we would have no new blood to freshen the dressing room up. Although recruitment wasn't in my remit I found it very hard not to look for players and spent a lot of time trying to get to games and find lads who I could recommend to Andre. I was disappointed with the lack of movement and the lack of contact but we had been dominant so far and with a spot in the championship final already secured I wasn't overly distraught. Maybe I should have been. The winter break had broken our momentum and we started sluggishly. We looked a different side after the new year period. Results were hard to find and I found myself chopping and changing the first team at probably too fast a rate. I sent messages to Andre about the lack of recruitment could cost us if we didn't turn this ship around. Slowly we found our feet, but any thoughts of securing the closing championship stage were over before they started. Canellas were as dominant as we were just a few months previous. The recently relegated side had taken time to find their feet in the lower division but now they were churning out win after win and I was in no doubt that they would be our championship opponents come the end of May. That is how it panned out. The one-off championship final would be between ourselves and the Buenos Aires side. The game would be played as a neutral venue. I say neutral but it would take place in Buenos Aires which was a good 2,700 kilometres away from our home in Ushuaia. It was the biggest game in the club's history and would be screened across the country on national television. I remember seeing Andre for the first time in months sat in the director's box alongside a face I recognised but just couldn't place. Joe made the trip from America and we were 90 minutes away from the Primera Sea. It wasn't a pleasant game to watch, both sides cancelling each other out all over the park. If I'm honest, Quinellas was slightly the better outfit, but with 93 minutes on the clock, Vera was bundled over in the box and the referee signalled a penalty to the Black Crows. I still think of this moment, almost on a daily basis. I changed the taker. I called for our Venezuelan midfielder Rojas to take the penalty. It would be the final kick of the match, and, as he was retiring this summer, the final kick of his career. The now 43-year-old midfielder had been a brilliant signing. He had been everything that was good in our side, and now he had the chance to finish his career a hero. He struck probably his poorest strike of the season, and the keeper pushed it away. The whole team collapsed as the referee signaled full-time and the need of a penalty shootout to determine the victors. I knew it wouldn't end well. We went around and tried to pick the lads up, but after five spot kicks each, we went out, losing 5-4 on penalties. Fantoni, our star player, was the unlucky culprit. That was a long train journey home, but our season wasn't over. The loser drops into the semi-final stages of the playoffs, and to be successful, we would now have to navigate four further games. We had to face our opponents from 12 months ago when we bowed out of the playoffs at the first time of asking. This year, we would be better. I just had to dust them down and pick the lads up. With just four days until the first leg, I cancelled all plans for training. We had a day of rest where they could see their families. Then we had a team bonding session and then another day of rest. We'd been together for so long We knew our roles and positions. If it's not ingrained now, it never will be. Puerto Nuevo were no mugs, and for 87 minutes of the first leg, I thought I'd made a huge mistake. We trailed 1-0 and looked a little out of sorts. Step forward Juan Manuel Oliveira, who headed home three minutes from time to give us a vital away goal. The home leg we dominated, but somehow fell behind in the second half. I was getting terrible butterflies in the pit of my stomach at just the thought of more anguish. But then, Rojas, he took it upon himself to right the wrongs of the championship final and scored twice, taking us through to the final 3-2 on aggregate. Central Ballester would be our opponents over two legs. Strangely, both games would be at neutral venues. The first game was a drab nil-nil, but we learnt from it and made a few changes for what would be our final game of the campaign. Carlos Achar, the forgotten man, started up front on his own for the first time in months. And Castano was restored to the defense. We upped the tempo and tried to press hard and fast. We were one up inside 110 seconds and never looked back. Although the game finished 2-0, it could have been seven. It didn't matter. We were up. The 72 away fans were beckoned onto the pitch and we left that night knowing for the first time in our history Black Crow Ushuaia would play third-tier football next season. He stopped the recording. It's been two weeks since that night. The players had left, some of them for good. Andre was apparently working on new recruits, but nothing had landed on his desk. Reliving the season like that gave him the urge to get going again. It would be tough to stay up, maybe even impossible, but he loved being the underdog, and he loved the fight. He headed for the door, stopped and looked at his face in the mirror. He had decided to return to dyeing his hair. He looked younger and healthier. The faked hand helped a little too, but noticing his waist he thought maybe lay off the wine for a while this summer. Although one day there would be no need for fake tan, and dyeing his hair as he would clear his name to the rest of the world but he knew for now he had to stay silent. He switched the office light off and as the room fell into darkness he suddenly remembered who the face in the crowd was at the championship final. It sent a cold chill down his spine but he was sure it was him. The face he had seen sat next to Andrea Verinov was the very same face he had seen through the taxi window two years ago, coming away from his own funeral.